Good morning. I want to welcome you to Memorial United Methodist. My name is Joe Kate, and I'm so grateful that y'all came to worship today. I don't take it for granted when the weather's nasty uh, that people would come. If we change the 9 o'clock, that 9 o'clock people would come. I see you out there, and I'm grateful that you came. Um, if we ever have inclement weather, we're going to do three things. We're going to put it on our website, which was there on the front page. We're going to put it on the news, because Leslie has us tied in to Fox News and um, NBC. And we're going to email it out in the normal email that we have. So if you would not be likely to get one of those three things over the weekend, make sure that you get tuned in to one of those whenever we have poor weather. And if you say what email, um, you can email Leslie at memorialgreer.com, and she'll add you to our weekly email that has uh, all kinds of help things in it. We'd like to frame our announcements in the five practices of fruitful congregations, um, the first of which is radical hospitality, and I invite you to get your bulletin and turn to that section uh, so that you see a lot of our announcements are reinforced and there's actually extra announcements um, in the bulletin that are not said verbally. Um, we try to pay attention to that. Um, we have visitor cards and prayer cards. If you are a visitor today, my goodness, what a um, great day for you to come out and, and um, be rugged and come to worship. If you want to give us any contact information whatsoever, we'll contact you in the way that you give us. We also have prayer cards. Um, every single week you can participate in the prayer life of our church um, in two um, very different ways. You can fill out a card that's there in your bulletin. Uh, we have those in our 9 o'clock as well. In you, uh, not in your bulletin, in your pew. Um, we have those at 9 o'clock as well and also there's a phone number there um, that you can call it's on the front of the bulletin as well you can call it 24 hours a day seven days a week and we immediately get an email with what you told us it can be um, an emergency uh, in which you want me to come to the hospital which we've done very recently it can be a prayer concern you'd like for us to know which we've also done recently it works every time and I encourage you to use it um, the newsletter is available today it's in the back and you can, it's got all kinds of helpful information of stuff that's coming, stuff we celebrated, and um, also announcing our newest um, staff position, the Director of Connection. Uh, Leanna Morris is going to um, help us reach out to people who are new and also help us to reach out to our own people in various parts of life. Um, Supper at Six is coming up on Valentine's Day. Um, that's going to be a different uh, sort of night for us. You'll come and have dinner, and um, it'll be Valentine's Day and then we'll walk over here for worship for Ash Wednesday, um, which is the start of the season of Lent in which we consider ways in which we have come up short, ways in which we've impeded um, God's action and, and pursuing love. Um, I encourage you to come to that. All you have to do is attend the treasure. comes by and right, dinner. And you're welcome to do that. If you can't make the dinner, I hope you come to the meal. Uh, come to the worship service. Um, we believe in passionate worship. That's a funny one for today. Basically ignore what's in the bulletin for, um, for the order of worship um, because of so many changes that happened this week and also changes that happened with inclement weather. Um, we decided we had no idea if we'd have 10 people um, today in worship, so we decided to have communion next week. Um, so communion will be in both services next week. You can see the um, hymns here. We're also going to, um, because y'all were willing to come out and because we don't have communion, we're going to have two um, extra hymns that are um, going to come from the crowd um, today, and I hope you'll participate. Um, but basically, just um, it's, it's a suggestion what's in the bulletin today. Um, we believe in intentional faith development for all three phases of uh, 
uh, children, youth, and adults. Um, but tonight, um, being Super Bowl Sunday, we won't have um, children, youth, and adult programming. It will resume again next week. Um, and the youth parents were going to play the youth in the field on a Super Bowl football game this afternoon at 2 o'clock. We have canceled it um, due to inclement weather. But now I'm starting to question that. Maybe we would find out like who's legit, who's real, who wants to, who really wants the win today. Um, but we'll figure out another time um, to do that with parents, or we may do a volleyball game uh, in the gym upcoming. Um, we believe in risk-taking mission and service. You'll see um, the Weekender Backpack Program. We're going to feed children, middle schoolers at Greer Middle, um, coming up very soon. And today is the Super Bowl of Caring. I think we ought to do that one more week. Um, uh, in both services next week as well. Um, youth will be at each door and you're welcome to give them uh, uh, change cash and it will go directly to Greer Community Ministries for what's called the Super Bowl of Caring. Uh, we'll do that again next week um, and you can let us know if you need to contribute to that. We believe, um, and I said it, didn't I? Sorry. I was going to call up a youth to do that, but I wouldn't, I'm going too fast. Okay, let's slow down. And now we're good. We got it. Um, we believe in extravagant generosity. Okay. Um, we believe in extravagant generosity. And you see that segment in your book. So I'm sure that's plenty of you to absorb. Please take your bulletin home with you. Please, on your way out, 
let us now affirm our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, our Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified on the dead, the third day He rose from the dead, He ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence He shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life of our lives. Be seated. The first scripture lesson is found on page pages 965 and 966. This is Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Gracious God, this morning we are grateful for safety. We're grateful for security, for warmth, to be dry. We're grateful to be gathered in your house to hear your word proclaimed. And we remember those who are not. Those who are in harm's way, protecting our community. Those who do not have shelter and do not feel welcome in worship. Those who have yet to hear your call in a way in which they respond. Help us, Lord, to be inspired this morning, to be loved, to be welcomed such that we can go forth from this place and be instruments of your mercy and peace. As we read today, Lord, of a church struggling to try to be what it wants to be, struggling to find an identity, struggling to understand what Jesus wanted, help us, Lord, to understand their struggle and to hear the call from Paul to elevate their behavior. Inspire us this morning, Lord, as we pray the prayer your Son taught His disciples to pray. Our Father, 
who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. It's now time for our offering, and you can give as the plate goes by. You can give electronically with instructions in the bulletin. And if you're a guest or um, visitor today, uh, we don't expect you to give. You certainly can, but you can rely upon the generosity of our people.
remain standing. We're going to sing two extra songs since we're not doing communion. And I'm going to call on Ann Hammond from this side. And Miss Ann, what song would you like to sing? 707. Simon says, 707. song, topical, sung beautifully and played beautifully on the fly by Don Chapter. Dallas Thomas from the left side. What hymn would you like to hear? What? 377. Simon says 377.
may be seated. And y'all know how to pick them. Uncertainty and something special is to come in the first one that we chose. Swirling around us is unquestioning strife and pain and maybe death, maybe loss. But our soul is at peace in the assurance of our Lord. Interesting that you chose those two in the text that we're going to read today. Interesting that we can sing it on the fly, that you're willing to do it. I, I promise when other ministers ask me, what's it like to be at Memorial? I say, well, um, they get it. They get it. And they're talented and they're team players and they want to get it right. They can do different things on the fly and they can do it with a great plan. It's amazing. And I'm grateful to be here and grateful that y'all were willing to sing with us. Today we start uh, just a two-week series on uh, the power of the Spirit. We um, just finished reading through Jonah um, for the month of January, and the season of Lent starts, as I said, on Valentine's Day. And so we're going to read two stories about the spirits for these two Sundays, which I think will be very helpful as something uh, significant is coming in the life of our church. So if you turn to page 1815, if you'd like to read along, and I read different parts of it so you can keep it open if you uh, want to read along with me. And I'll begin with this. Communicating the mission. Whatever that mission is, is one of the most difficult things a leader can possibly do. A teacher trying to communicate serious principles that have to be learned over a four-month period on Tuesday and on Thursday. A coach trying to communicate what exactly is going to happen tonight as 150, 350 million people are watching you do the thing that you're doing. Um, us trying to communicate to you what was going to happen today. These are not easy things. And throughout human history, as nations have expanded, they've had to figure out a way to communicate to the far edges from the capital and back. In unfortunate times of war, both sides are ultimately trying to communicate what exactly is happening in this moment and what we're to do about it and what they're now doing and how we have to shift it according to that. And I need you to know it now before you make a decision in five minutes. In sports tonight, just like I said, all kinds of things will be going on and all kinds of things they'll hear in their ears. There'll be posters that have all sorts of different signs. There'll be hand signals of all different sorts and they're trying to understand and communicate a critical principle with lots of stuff swirling around so that you execute what we're trying to do. Politicians trying to communicate to us what they hope to do and why. And then that communication coming through various media outlets to us and us on social media communicating what we thought we heard. This is a brutal thing to try to get done, but leaders get it done despite the circumstances. Paul started church after church after church. And he's not like pastors like me that hope to stay places for a significant amount of time. He starts them, he leaves. Starts them, leaves, starts them, leaves, starts them, leaves, and then leaves again. And then he has to write them 
exactly what he wants to communicate. And that's what we're talking about today. When he writes them, he's communicating against traditionalists. People who before Jesus loved the faith that they had and after Jesus want to reclaim it. And then rebellious people after Jesus who say, you know what, Jesus did everything. I think, I think we just do whatever we want. Those same people are occupying the same space at the same time trying to determine what they're going to do and what they're going to believe. Galatians chapter 5, starting with verse 1, and then we're going to skip to verse 13. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in love. The entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So let's talk about the challenge of freedom. Of having a totally new way in which... Make sure I don't lose my place. People previously... And I lost it. People who previously could not read, so many of them, were held hostage by those that could read exactly what these words said. Exactly what they said about their faith, about their relationships, about their giving. They had to count on another person to tell them. And the law book was more extensive, as extensive, maybe now slightly less extensive, than our current tax law. Think about that. Think about wanting to understand every component of it, yet struggling to do so. And then Jesus saying, actually, um, you just love your neighbor as much as you love yourself and love your God with your whole heart. That's all you have to remember. The power no longer resides in the hands of those who are lording it over people who can read or who stand in this position here. He just says, love the neighbor as yourself and love the Lord your God. Well, the price of that freedom was God sending God's Son to earth to show us that way. And the fact that humanity didn't like the changes that He made, didn't like the innovations in the Word, didn't like that He shortened it, cut it down to just that, didn't like that He didn't wash His hands like they did, didn't like that He talked to He did, to whom He did. And then they became angry enough that they thought, we need to crucify Him. See, people that don't know that story and only know the freedom, if you don't know the price... You behave as if it always was. And always will be. I mean, this is easy, isn't it? All we have to do is do that, and I don't even think there's a price. We can do whatever we want. Only deep roots of gratitude truly impact behavior. 
only deep roots of gratitude truly impact behavior. I'll give you something that's, that's slightly outside of that realm, but I think is a helpful image. We have a trust called the McClyman Trust, which is part of our, what we call Memorial United Methodist Collective Trust. That trust gives us a certain amount of money every year, starting last year and hopefully to come, to do something amazing for the physical plant of our campus to continue to keep it the best that it can be. Now, I could come here and after being here 18 months, say, hey, look what we're doing. Look what we're doing to our amazing campus. Isn't this amazing what we're doing while I'm here? Not knowing what it took for the individual who donated the money years ago, what it took for that person to save that money over his entire lifetime. As he saved $1 million over his entire lifetime to give to us, people in this church said, you know what? We could spend it all in a hurry. But if we spend just a little bit now and we save the rest in the future, we can simply live off the interest and do amazing things for this church. The work that went into saving it, the passion that went into giving it, the work that went into investing it, all preceded me by 15, 20 years. Yet, I'm fortunate enough to be here as it comes to fruition. The only way that I can help participate in the leadership and use of that is for me to have immense gratitude of what it took for that individual to do that and what it took for the leadership team to save it. Can you imagine how hard it was to say in that time, let's save it. Can you imagine in 2008 when it went and when the church is struggling to continue to save it and to do whatever it took to save it. It's only if I understand that, comprehend it, and try to live it that I can then let it impact my behavior. Paul is trying to say to these people, Jesus came before you, served before you, lived and died before you so that you could have this moment. And it's only in gratitude that you're going to change. And then he lays it out for him. Verse 15. If you keep biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So if I say live, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with one another. So that you do not know what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, faction, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, 
that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. You know what's interesting about that? If we looked through a lot of the law that Jesus summarized, the law tried to stop people from that list. And it gave rule one, then rule one A, then rule one B, then rule one A, lowercase dot dot dot, then rule B, lowercase dot dot dot. Then after they developed all of that law, then they started to become experts in, well, I mean, it doesn't, I mean, it says, I mean, rule one A, one one dot B dash seven says this, but does it really mean that? Maybe, maybe we work around it. And then the workaround created more law that they needed to create in order to stop the behavior. Over and over and over again, they built the law to try to stop people from that list that I just read. It would have been interesting as they were trying to do that if they had instead said, you are set against the Spirit. That's what this text says. You are set against the Spirit. Selfish motives harm us. Selfish motives harm others. You think about laws that you see. And they are attempts to restrain the power of our selfish motives against other people. Speed limit says 45, you're really late. It'd really be a whole lot better if you could go 75. The problem is, it's a two-lane road and it winds through a neighborhood. And if you are going 75, there's going to be serious trouble. The um, color-coded banana stickers, fun lists in our child enrichment program in the preschool have a set of rules. Do not hit one another. Which makes sense unless you're tired and you haven't gotten the snack and that person just took your toy. It makes a whole lot of sense to hit that person, right? But the law, and the law goes all the way from federal law all the way down to the twos in the CEP. The law is designed to restrain the power of our selfish motives. How's it doing? Maybe fair we also work around it and we ignore it and we slide past it and we say, well, you know, I was in a hurry. I was on my way to the hospital. The Spirit tries to unlock the unlimited potential of love and gratitude. It's, it's not don't do that. It's, hey, here's some amazing things that you can do. Now, we say that we're Christians. We say that we believe what Jesus Christ did and that we are attempting to follow it. But you know what we love? We love the law. We love it. Because it's familiar. Because we think it restrains. Because we think other people need it. You know, we're good. But other people need to be locked up a little bit. Other, need, other people need to be hemmed up a little bit. So we love the law. But the Spirit tries to unlock the unlimited potential 
of love and gratitude. When you are in love with someone, when you are grateful for something that someone did, is there any limit to what you will do? Do you, do you need a rule to wake you up, to get you to drive three hours, to get you to come to an event? When you are in love, there's a totally different face. And when someone thinks, you know what church is about? Church is about people telling me stuff I can't do and stuff I shouldn't have said and stuff I shouldn't have done. I mean, it is if we're focusing on the law. Let's see what it's like to focus on the Spirit. Look at verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Let's look at that again. Which one's your favorite? Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. When you are rested, when you are feeling grateful, which one of those things appeals to you? Which one is second? Which one is third? And the next question is, what can you do to rest more? What can you do to ask for help from the Holy Spirit to unlock the unlimited potential in you to not be a rule follower, but instead to offer these things? That's what I love about verse 23. Against such things there is no law. We don't have to worry about it. We don't have to make a list. It doesn't have to be posted, laminated, and we don't need to bring it up every day. There's no law against these things. Just I don't know what I'm supposed to do as a Christian. I'm so confused. Right there. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control with your spouse. <laughs> not just people who are not your spouse. With your children. Not just people who are not your children. With your parents. Not just people who are not your parents. Right? With your students with your players, with your fellow classmates of which you've shared a classroom in this church for 37 years. There is no law against these amazing things. They are the fruit of gratitude and love. What are you grateful for? If something doesn't immediately come to your mind, I want you to spend a little time thinking about it. is fascinating. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. This is him writing to a church hoping that they do it. You know, you know how much the verbal word gets to you? There's studies that... that break a minister's heart of how much can get across and how much can be retained. How about a letter from 200 miles away? Notice what's being crucified there. The self. 
So we talk about crucifixion all the time. We talk about Jesus, and in the season of Lent, we unfortunately, we, we talk about brutal human nature and what they did. You don't often talk about another type of crucifixion. Crucifying my selfish desires. That is what the Romans thought was violent and permanent. And in every case, but this case, it was. So if you violently and ultimately tried permanently to crucify the things in your own behavior, the fears that stoke you, the things that you do, the anger that motivates you, if you tried to crucify that, as the text says, notice what's being celebrated unlimited potential of love and gratitude. This is only decades after a vicious crucifixion. People are being called to crucify their selfish desires and follow the Spirit. Take that list home with you. Look at it again today. Make a top three that you love and think about how you can offer it to someone who might be sitting right beside you who annoyed you just this morning. To a student that's out in the classroom, to a neighbor who blows their leaves in your yard. To anyone that riles you up and fills you up, can you offer that? Because Christ offered it to everyone, regardless of who they were. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you'll stand as you're able and join us for our final hymn, number 671.